Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, everybody. Welcome to Coffee Talk, where the people that provided you, that have been on site all week long, providing you all the content for UFC 244, sit down and just have a little casual chat or some coffee and water. Uh, this is sparkling black cherry water, sir. Okay. So we're just going to discuss our week and sort of everything that, that happened for this UFC 244 card. It was, a, it was a fun week. It was a very interesting one. I'm, st- I'm still in awe of the fact that this was such a big fight, probably the biggest fight of the year, yet... There wasn't a, a real right a championship a, a fight on the line. We weren't seeing the two best welterweights fighting, but nonetheless, it felt huge. It but, felt yeah. But we've known this. We've known this for a while. Title fights don't mean they don't mean shit basically, yeah. unless if you give a give a shit about who's fighting. I mean, the biggest pay per view is Connor and Nate. Um, Connor Connor Nate too. But two, yeah, yeah, non title fight. So the fact that it's the biggest fight. Isn't isn't the big isn't a surprise, mm-hmm. but it just kind of goes kind of goes back to the point that you know the the fighters matter. Yeah, and and I agree hundred percent. But it, it for a while it felt like, and this applies to many other aspects when we talk about Conor McGregor. Oh, like you know those rules is just a Conor McGregor rule. Like yeah, it was the biggest fight, but it's because of Conor McGregor, right? This this and that. For the first time, we're actually seeing this bleed out outside of Conor McGregor. Like all of a sudden, you know personalities matter, right? And this is really what came down to two of the biggest personalities in the game, BMF. Yeah, the UFC really needed this in terms of like getting someone that wasn't Connor to become a star. And Nate's been that person for a while, I guess, but he's been out, you know, out for three years up until that Pedos fight. So it was nice to see it. It was nice to see him back and um, just out. He kept repeating last night at the press conference that he's tired of making names for other people. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of get that. I, I understand what he was saying in terms of because this show really did manifest because he wanted it to happen, and then it happens. Yeah, and Nate was the one that willed this into existence. Yeah. And now the UFC copywrote pretty much everything he said, and now they're making money off of it, which he said was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm just curious, what do you guys think about Masvidal? Because it seems that Conor McGregor's in the money weight division, right? Nate Diaz is in the money weight division. But when I look at Masvidal, he kind of gives me the vibe of both. Like, I, that was a world-class performance. Like, I legit see a contender right there that could potentially get the welterweight title. But I also see somebody that can just be in fun fights. He's, he's, in, a, he's in a weird two dimensions, it feels like. I mean, I mean Masvidal's performance, definitely, without a doubt. I, I don't know if you would necessarily favor him over, say, uh, Usman. Um, I'll, I'll probably favor him over Colby for sure, but over Usman, maybe. I'm not sure, honestly. Mm-hmm. But he's absolutely as competitive with yeah. all those guys. So, yeah, it, he could win. So, it's, that's, and that's what's... And Nate, like, you probably don't think yeah. he could win those fights, but also, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, because Nate doesn't seem to care. I don't think the fans really care. He doesn't care about belts. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's the big difference. I noticed that, actually. Um, Nate, Nate is very open about, like, belts are stupid. He didn't even I, care I'm, about I'm, the BMF I'm, title. I am yeah. the champ, yeah. Already, like, belts ruin fights. He said, mm-hmm. well, "Belts ruin the fight game." Yeah, and but yeah, but and George uh, Jorge, sorry, <laughs> go back to George every once in a while. <laughs> I think why is he trained? He used to train of George Santiago. Oh yeah, yeah. So that, 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 that always confused me. Mm-hmm. It was like, always spelled this. It's spelled yeah, the same. It was, <laughs> maybe it's a Brazil. Yeah, yeah, it's Cuban Brazilian. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But, they, they but, um, still say George. But um, uh, Jorge, uh, he seems like when the idea of the rematch came up. He's, he kind of was a bit dismissive, didn't you, Phil? Jorge? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think he, it, obviously, in, in the octagon, when the fight was waved off, I think he was 100% like, we'll run it back. Like, let's do it. But then I think when he saw, maybe saw the cut and he heard Dana White's comments, maybe that kind of. Well, I think also the promise of that title fight. Yeah. You know, because he does actually, now he is closer because mm-hmm. it was such a 
great performance. He did look really good. So I think that actually he does seem like someone you would actually consider for the title. I would yeah. actually love would to see 100%. him in the Walter Reed picture. Against Usman or Covington, I'm like, mm, I, I don't know. I might favor, you know, Usman, maybe even Covington, but it's still a fight that I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Whereas Diaz or Conor McGregor, I'm pretty sure they're not going to, you know, reign the welterweight division anytime soon. Yeah. But um, and I, and I think with just going back to the cut real quick, I think Nate's going to be out. He'll have to be out for at least yeah. six months, more like eight to nine months at least. And that's you know that's assuming everything goes perfect because yeah. that cut is just that's that's just. It doesn't even matter. He could be dominating a fight, but like like you said, you sneeze on that cut, it's gonna blow up yeah. again. So and even then, even if he takes a long layoff, with which which he should, that's gonna be a recurring problem moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you put out uh, we put out a graphic on on MAFighting.com mm -hmm. on our social platforms where it was comparing the mm -hmm. Pettis cut versus this cut. It's it's the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's really this, the same yeah, thing. It, he got it from the same thing, but it um, th this one opened up more yeah. this time because it also opened up underneath his cheek. A little bit more, but the stoppage was for this one. Not yeah, for this the stoppage was yeah. for this one for sure. But um, yeah, those are saying he, if he needs plastic surgery, all the stuff that's all going to take more time. Yeah. Plus, we actually don't know the. He mentioned that he had a knee injury. Yeah. That um, and we actually don't know how serious that is. He couldn't run. Yeah. Because that was yeah. his thing, so he couldn't rely on his cardio. Yeah. And of all the Nate fights and Nate post in, post fight interviews and scrums I've ever heard, I've never. The thing that surprised me the most, what he said, was I've never heard him talk about confidence. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he actually, I think he actually said he didn't feel confident mm -hmm. in his cardio, which is like, I don't know, it was, it was actually kind of weird, not weird, yeah. but hearing Nate say, mm -hmm. hearing Nate actually talk like a, a fighter in that sense. Because, mm -hmm. you, you know, and a, a strategic fighter, rather, rather yeah. than like, I just, you know, I want to fight, right, right. you know, but him saying, no, I had to pace myself, I couldn't go, like, like he said, I, I usually can go like 95% the whole fight, yeah. but he had to go in like spurts. Yeah. So, um, and we saw that. We saw him catch up beating and then all of a sudden kind of come back a little yeah. bit and, and had a little bit of offense. And yeah, that's a, that's a great point because it seems, it just kind of highlights how important cardio is to the Diaz brothers and, and mm -hmm. to Nate because that's such a key element to their game. Um, yeah, so yeah, he, can, he can be a little bit out of shape, right? There could be other things going on, but cardio is the thing that like, look, if I'm not stepping into the fight with cardio. Yeah, yeah. yeah cardio, it's, car it's his weapon. Yeah, car yeah cardio is a weapon. And um, MMA, and that's their main weapon. And yeah, that yeah, he he came in there for you know a disadvantage. Yeah. So l let's quickly discuss. Um, I think the initial reaction for the cut, as soon as the fight was stopped, was like, "What are you doing? We've seen much worse." But I've seen a lot of pictures surface since uh, we heard Dana White's comments, and uh, I don't know. It kind of changed my mind over the last few hours since we, I last saw you guys. What do you guys What do you guys think? Okay, before we talk about the cut, I want I want to give me. Recreate your actual reaction when the, when the ref was like this. Like, like, like what, yeah, what, so was, your, what was your feel, yeah. man? Like, so it was kind of like, like <laughs> where were you when they stopped that fight? You know? I was staring at a <laughs> little TV yeah. in the media room. Um, I believe I was uh, drinking um, Sprite, <laughs> might, might have been. But uh, yeah, as soon as the fight was, was stopped, um, it was just like, I was live tweeting it and for MMA fighting, and I was just like, I had to kind of catch myself. I was like, does this really just happen? Like, Oh man, this is like worst case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, everybody in the media room was kind of like, oh, but look, I think emotions were so high. It was a good fight. It was a fight where you're kind of on the edge of your seat mm -hmm. that uh, when something like that happens, the first thing you do is just throw your hands up in the air and be like, what the hell, ref, right? <laughs> or doctor. Yeah. Um, but in this case, like now with a more sober perspective and after seeing those pictures, I feel different about it. I kind of feel like it was a good call. I don't know. I laughed uncontrollably when it happened. <laughs> you were cage side. I hey. could not stop laughing. So, 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 I, I was like, oh, neat. So, so you were the closest yeah. person to it. That's right. You were about... I was like three feet behind her. Yeah, three feet behind her. Like, I could not stop laughing. I was like, this makes sense. There you go. That was what I audibly said. I was like, this makes a lot of sense right now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's unfortunately just one of those things that you think just is gonna happen. Because yes. it feels like we don't deserve nice I, things. I talk about it. <laughs> I talk about the A-side all the time that I always think something terrible is gonna happen. Always, like in life. And when that happened, I was like, I, this makes this just makes sense. This feels right. Not that I was happy that it happened, but I'm like, of course this would happen. Yeah. Like yeah. In the BMF yeah. championship. Yeah. Like if it happened in the Akeem Duato, Julio Arce fight, yeah. I would be like, that's a bummer for that fight. But because it's the BMF championship of the world, to be like, yeah, we deserve this right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It did. It did feel a little bit like, uh, is it because we don't deserve nice things? Yeah. Uh, 100%. But how, however, actually, at that moment, I was actually 
pretty bummed. I was very upset because I was on Nate's corner side. So when the doctor came over and looked at him and then Nate, like they were kind of talking and then Nate kind of like thumbs up and the doctor gave him a thumbs up, you know, they were kind of like, okay. So at that point, yeah, I stopped, yeah, I thought, I thought I stopped taking go. pictures of that situation because I thought it was over. I was like, okay, cool. It's, it's all right. They're cool. They're gonna let it go like one more round. Yeah. And then that's why I was. That's why when they when they ended it, it, it I was like, what? Because it just seemed like five minutes right. ago they were, yeah. just, or just a couple seconds ago it was fine. That's why it seemed. Didn't weird. Didn't the doctor come twice? It, it felt like he kind of went away, and then we're like, okay, yeah, we're good. And then he came back, and he's like, nah. Right. I don't remember if the doctor was in there um, while oh. the cutman was working. I think he came after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually usually they let the cut guy work, and then yeah. as soon as they start the round, before the round starts, then the ref will be like, all right, Doc, come in, yeah. which is normal. They should take a look, but, I mean, come on, we've been we've been in this game for 15 years. I mean, I'm like, you know, you guys have been working MMA a long time. 12. 12 years. <laughs> um, it was just like, man, we, we know we've seen worse cuts, and, yeah. like, it's just, it's... I'm still, I'm like, we're, we're, what, 24 hours removed? No, not even 24 no, hours removed, no. like, a eight, whatever. Yeah. And, like, I'm still, like, I'm just still bummed. I, it's, I still think it was a crap it's stoppage. Bummerville. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bummerville. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was, the ending was disappointing, for sure. Um, but I want to ask you something, because you did mention something interesting. You were, you were shooting from Nate's corner? Yeah. So a lot of the talk was like, dude, Nate was getting smoked. Like there was no way he mm-hmm. was coming back. But then if you actually like hear what he was saying, it kind of, and then again, just a quick parenthesis, kind of like when people were like, oh, Habib versus Nate Diaz. And you're like, nah, like that, that doesn't even make sense. But then you hear Nate Diaz talk about how he slapped Habib and sort of how he sees things in his perspective. You're like, wait a minute, that fight, yeah, all of a sudden you start kind of, you know, liking the idea a little better. When he was talking about uh, the fight with Masvidal and the way his perspective, if he felt like he was coming back and he was like, I was in my corner, I was staring at, at him in between rounds, he was tired. We kept talking all the time and we saw that from the media room. Uh, and then he was talking out of breath. In, in your opinion, what, how did that look? Uh, how, how did that scene look? And do you share his like perspective at all? Yeah, so I could hear, when he said that his, his corner was panicking a little bit and he was ch- telling them to chill, I could, I could hear that panic because the cut was very big. And... Um, they were trying to rinse it out, and there was just kind of like blood um, and what, like bloody water, like just shooting off his face. But he was just kind of like he was like whatever. He was very <laughs> calm. Yeah, he was totally calm. I was trying to get photos of him in the corner, and he was just like mm, totally didn't care what was going on. He was blood just kind of like hurt. yeah, blood, <laughs> blood don't hurt. Blood don't hurt. <laughs> he was just kind of looking over like whatever. I'm cool, and everyone else around him was like panicking. But he actually did seem like he was in a good mood. Plus, after the second and Third round, he came back and he was like pumped because yeah. I think each round that passed, he felt better. Yeah. So I actually, yeah, it's hard to say because I don't know that he's come back from a fight like that. But I just know that like the fourth round against Connor in that second one. Yeah. Um. So he does have. We do know that he is stronger yeah. in the later rounds. And he did. He did lose that first round to Pettis. Yeah. Guys, he came back. He, yeah. He was. Hey, he lost. I thought he lost it. Pretty significantly, the first round against Pettis. Yeah, that's why he, he got his face cut that's open. Why he got yeah, his face he got, he got his face cut open, and then he, he beat the soul out of Pettis in the final. Like, yeah, two rounds. He, got, he got his ass kicked in the first and round. The first of, Connor my, my, one. First, oh, off, off he was getting worked, worked, and then he came back once his cardio kicked in, and the yeah. volume started yeah. adding up. He lost. He lost the first round to Michael Johnson when he yeah, fought yeah, Michael yeah, Johnson. Um, I mean, like, I mean, out, got, out, outside of honestly, outside of maybe the final Gray Maynard fight, I can't think of Nate. Having a strong first round. Yeah, like, I get worried that he's measuring punches with his face. Uh, well, he's, he's he's making million dollar paychecks doing that. So it's <laughs> the last. You're talking about the last Gray Manor fight when he TKO'd him. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that was a that, That's like that's like really the only time I re- I really can recall Nate coming out like like guns blazing. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things against the Pettis fight. He knew when he was coming back. Like sure, his brand is big, but he knew a win was important. So he mm-hmm. he made adjustments in that camp for him to like be strong right off the bat. Yeah. And everybody acknowledged. It. Even Masvidal was like, "Well, I'm surprised this dude swinging this often and this hard that early." Um, so it seems that all the fans, it seems at least all the media, right after the event, wanted the rematch. How do you guys feel about it now? A few hours removed. I still want the rematch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I think we all can agree on that. What about immediate rematch? Yeah, I still want the immediate yeah? rematch. 
I don't want the immediate rematch only because of the recovery from the. Well, he Jorge needs his hands fixed anyway, yeah. so they're both going to be on so, the shelf. Yeah. Jorge sounds like he said he's definitely taking the rest of the year off, but that's only like three neither months. Neither of them, want, <laughs> yeah, neither so. of them wanted to fight for the rest of 2019. Like they wanted to fight in 2020. Well, we're already anyway. in November, so there's only yeah. two months left. Yeah. Um, and the the supposed Connor pay per view is January yeah. 18th. Not none of them will be ready for that. Neither of them. No. no. Yeah. But I I think you could throw enough. They could throw enough money at. Jorge for that. Nate actually can't make that fight now. There's no, it's just no way. No. Especially no, with the poss possible knee injury. Yeah, and that, so Nate's out of that running. So possibly Jorge. Well, um, Jorge said after his Ben Askren fight, he didn't want to fight for the rest of the year. Yeah. He wanted to take July through December off to heal his hands, and they made him a huge offer so he fought in November because they needed someone yeah. so we wouldn't even this fight probably wouldn't even have happened if they didn't need a in 2019 if they didn't need a headline for MSG so if Jorge fought with two badly injured hands he could be on the shelf for the summer too yeah because he seemed, don't know people are like I'm not fighting I need to fix both of my hands so if he needs to heal his hands Nate needs to heal his eyebrow they could be on the same timeline in terms of coming back they could be but also I think that the the welterweight title picture is gonna mm -hmm. um maybe play a factor mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. because that's actually timing wise would be perfect in terms whoever wins in december that actually makes sense international for, fight week yeah kind of a defense defense and the international mm -hmm. fight week would be the next defense of that title yeah and, and, and can more, we just agree that the rematch should not be anywhere near new york yeah, yeah. New <laughs> it, should be in, it should be in san francisco the new arena that's what you were talking about that's warriors arena. look I, i've been i've been dying to see an event in miami and uh look jorge is the bmf yeah. champ That'll take be cool. take it to be, his to yeah, his yeah. home city. Uh, he's you know he's a yeah. three five, and I feel like something that's not talked about enough is that Miami has never had a fighter like a big name like Yo mm -hmm. Romero somewhat fits that story because you know he he's obviously achieved a lot, but he I feel like is more of a Cuban fighter than he is a Miami guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like Masvidal grew up in Miami, mm -hmm. so. Um, I guess, I, I, guess I, mean, I, well, I mean, I would say yeah. Kimbo, but Kimbo, but a higher success. Right. Yeah, more, yeah. more. And it would not, come not full novelty. circle starting to fight ba in backyards of Miami to actually yeah. like headlining a, an arena in, in Miami. I feel like that would be really is nice. Is that arena nice? Yeah. It is no. nice. The Miami. Yeah, just traditionally, American they haven't Airlines had a lot of yeah. events in Miami because uh, Miami is one of those markets that like, there's like so San much. Like San Diego. Like San Diego. There's just too much to do yeah. in the evenings. So people yeah, there's don't, a lot to do. <laughs> so people yeah. don't usually like go to events. Yeah. yeah, because there's other there's like other things to do and the weather's nice, so why, why would you be indoors? Yeah. Um, but I actually think that this is something that would bring people out. I think so, too. I All right, so, so we're in agreement. Uh, next summer, rematch Miami. Miami. Sounds good to me. Yeah, so we'll just plan for that. Summer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's discuss Darren Till's move to move up to the middleweight division. It was an interesting one, and I think everybody everybody was worried about him, right? It seems going up. I mean, against Dar against Kelvin Gastelum, people were advising him like, "Look, this is not a good idea." Like, yeah, good idea to go up facing Kelvin Gastelum in your first fight, maybe not the greatest. Now that we've seen what happened, he got a victory, you know, a split decision win. How'd you guys feel about his his middleweight debut? I actually thought he looked great at middleweight. Yeah. You know, the only thing my concern was like, usually I like to give credit to the winner, but in this case, I did wonder why Kelvin seemed so um, reticent. He just seemed kind of like- He was lethargic. Yeah. I, I I don't know if that maybe that weight cut re was really bad because he did, did not make weight. I'm curious that, so- But I think it's fine. Ow. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> so Darren Till had all these things happening to him throughout the fight week. Uh, the visa issues. I uh, said he like injured his knee, so yeah, it was like the weight cut was rough. A lot of stuff was going on. He actually said he wanted to pull, like, make up an excuse to pull out of the fight because he he wasn't scared. He was terrified, uh, and he landed what like 48 hours before the fight. Didn't do any media. Didn't <laughs> do nothing. Uh, Kelvin didn't know if his fight was going to happen. So yeah. I have to wonder. The closer it got to the fight, if Kelvin was like, "This isn't happening." Like yeah. we, they were set, not at 72 hours before, he still wasn't there. Maybe he just mentally checked out, and then when he landed, it's just hard to get back into fight mode. Maybe that's why he missed weight, because he stopped taking it seriously. Because, like, if you're preparing for a fight, and the fight might not happen, like, it happened with Robert Whitaker. Like, the fight didn't happen, I was like, they even weighed in and everything. So, yeah. maybe, maybe he's just like, this yeah. is too much right yeah, now. Yeah, especially for Kelvin, since he's kind of gone through that situation, of, you know, 
in some ways. And the other thing I was thinking about was you were saying like just not knowing whether the fight's going to happen. I remember Daniel Cormier saying that when he had to fight Anderson Silva instead, he had a hard John time. Jones, he had a really hard time just getting the motivation back right. up. Because yeah. he was just like, I know I'm fighting a legend, I'm still getting to fight and all this stuff, but there's something he had prepared so hard to fight John Jones and just just that mental like you're thinking about Just another the, human. The switching of the lanes. Yeah. Uh, you're thinking yeah. about one person for like 11 weeks. Yeah. And then 72 hours before, they're like, nah, someone else. Yeah. yeah, so for Kelvin and for Darren both, actually, they both had this kind of uncertainty. Like, is this going to happen? Is it not going to happen? You know, so uh, that kind of just plays into your energy level as well. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that definitely affected the fight. So it's hard to, like, judge it. I don't think that Darren Till made a mistake in going up to Millway. I actually think... I think that's the best move for him. Yeah. Well, I think the mistake was, like, if, is that the right opponent? Yeah, I think, that I was, think that's that, what that people question, are really not, concerned oh, yeah. about. Well, mm, no. Because... I mean, he's already fought. He's already fought for the welterweight title. They've yeah. they've already fast tracked him. They've already decided that, you know, uh, I guess he should be at a certain level. I do. I do feel they they rushed him through that. But at the same time, I don't. It's not his fault. They rushed right. him. Like, it's not his fault. Everyone kept saying he made a mistake fighting Kelvin. I don't get that argument that's at all his, because that's not his mistake. They, yeah. they offered him a guy that just fought for. What are you going to say? No. And like he beats this guy now. He's in the top five yeah. all of a sudden. There's no way he would turn that down. If anything. The coaches should be like, hey, man, like take a step back. Yeah. But I don't blame Darren Till I, I think that's also the promotion because it's clear that they see something in Darren Till, right? Yeah. He's not going to – you're not going to be be a co-main event. You're not, not going to be getting these type of spots if they don't believe in you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we saw how Conor came up in the UFC it and it was work. certainly a, a very – a much more – don't get me wrong. Every time you step in the octagon, you're taking risks. But it was a much more careful approach. Whereas Darren Till is like, all right, 185, Kelvin Gastelum, where he just had the craziest fight with his yeah, right sign. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, but like, who did Darren Till lose to a welterweight? The champion, and then Jorge Masvidal, who is the fighter of the year. It's not like he's losing to bums. But like, he also didn't yeah. lose those fights. He got crushed. Crushed. Right. That, that's why when that, you see something like that, you go, okay, let's take a step back. Instead of fighting the top five, maybe the top ten. Yeah, I still, also, I still, I still don't like this. Yeah. I, still, I didn't like I, the matchup. I still don't like the matchup, and yeah. I felt like the they um, dodged the bullet. The UFC and Darren Till, because I don't think that was the Kelvin Gastelum that we we right. know we know and as a top tier middleweight. And but like but like we were saying, like but that's the difference between champions and contenders, like Demetrius, GSP, Anderson. They don't have off nights. They don't have even John Jones. Even his off nights, he still wins. Yeah. And that's just the, that's kind of the difference, you yeah. know. Kelvin, because Kelvin's not a champion. He's obviously a great fighter, an A level fighter. He just Hasn't been a champion. But he has he off also, nights, yeah. and that's a thing. And something that's very interesting, and you were there with me, um, in at the open workouts when Kelvin Gaston did the scrum, I asked him about, like, look, Paulo Costa's out for a bit. If you beat Darren Till, could, it, could I mean, uh, the title fight be, be next for you? And he's like, yeah, and I think it would go differently because I didn't go into that fight with the right circumstances. And it was, it was, very, it was very, like, seldom the, the way he threw it. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What do you mean by the right circumstances? What, what was going on? And he's like, oh, some things, but that's all irrelevant now. It's a guy clearly that doesn't make excuses. So I wonder if he was 100% coming into this fight too. Because as you said, he did not look like himself. Yeah, he didn't. We've seen these other performances before him, though, when he fought Neil Magny in yeah. Mexico. Like, that was a five-round fight, if I remember correctly. Uh, that, like, you forgot that fight even happened, right? I know. Like, you told me about it. I'm like, what? They fought. Yeah. That <laughs> fight wasn't great, and it was in welterweight, and that was when Neil Magny had strung, like, seven wins in a row before losing to Damian Maia. And, like, the one before Damian Maia was over Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, so, and he, we've seen this before from Kelvin. I, yeah. I, I feel in a couple, like, three years from now, we're going to go, you know, hey, you know, Tilsh if I Gastelum. We're like, you know, they already fought. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, so I don't think we're going to forget it. What do you remember from the fight? It's just, yeah. I don't think we're going to forget it just because it was on a big card. And yeah. It was the, the Kelvin Gaslam, Neil Magny was on a Mexico City fight night, the same night Miguel Cotto fought Canelo Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember who else was on that card? What, what was the, the co main for sure Connor and Nate? One. Connor and Nate one was Misha, the first one was Misha Holly, Holly Holm. Before that, it was Corey Anderson. Well, that was a bad example. It was Corey Anderson <laughs> and um, crap, I forgot the guy's name. Chris Wyman's boy. Yeah, you stuck. John Valente. Yeah. And let's, I mean, <laughs> Darren Till's move up to 185. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I'm super excited for it because at 170, like, don't get me wrong, there are some fun matchups, but it seems it's very wrestling heavy. Like, yeah. if you look at the top, right, Kamaru Usman, right, Col- Colby Covington, 
there's others as well. But if you look at 185, the people that are dominating 185 are strikers, right? The former champion, Robert Whitaker. Now we got Israel Adesanya, uh, Paulo Costa, who's the next a, challenger. They have a Cuban boogeyman just walking around. That's, yeah. that's the only uh, yeah, a Cuban boogeyman, outsider a Cuban, there. A Cuban boogeyman yeah. that doesn't use his wrestling. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't actually, yeah. So there until it's clear that he's he's a great striker. So it's just, it's, I just think he's a perfect oh, fit no, no, for no, the I, style I, that, I don't think. that populate 185. It's definitely his division, um, and he's killed... Just like you had asked Kelvin earlier if he or any, if he had felt like he was ready for middleweight, and at first he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, it takes some time, and yeah. Darren Till will get to that point. He's just trying not to over. He I, he had mentioned that he was trying not to bulk up too much, yeah. so that he wouldn't make his yeah. cut too difficult. Um, but I actually just think that this is just the trend that we're seeing now. People are moving up in weight and realizing that cutting less weight just makes them healthier for the yeah. fight. And also, I think the judging has got a bit more sophisticated, and now we are actually seeing wrestlers who are just holding people not winning the round mm -hmm. and i think that's i think that's giving um smaller the smaller middleweights more or yeah. are just watch rates going up it gives them more confidence to go up and weigh yeah. now but let's talk about Corey anderson dude what a performance just completely destroyed johnny walker okay com coming into it what was your prediction i predicted I, walker first round ko yeah. I did, and not because i didn't believe in Corey anderson i just thought Style-wise, like Corey is a bit of a kind of a slow, mm -hmm. grindy starter, and I thought it was like, oh, this is going to be great for Johnny and Walker. And he, his chin hasn't hold up in every single yeah. bout that he's been. We've seen him get knocked yeah, out pretty bad. Dead yeah. against Jimmy. Man and uh, Johnny Walker just happens to have a lot of power and be yeah. crazy. So I thought I thought Corey Anderson was going to look good until he got knocked out by. Uh, Johnny Walker, but boy, yeah. was I wrong. What, what did you think coming into the fight? Yeah, no, I had um, I had Walker on my you know uh, card, you know that I was going to pick, but. As I was getting closer and closer to the fight, and I just saw how fired up Corey Anderson was and how angry he was, yeah. I thought I was like, "Oh." Yeah, he... you did. Did you talk to him immediately? day? Uh, no, we, yeah, we, get we the talked to him at that dominance. Yeah, that, that's one yeah, reason why yeah. we didn't talk to him. That was the best interview. That like being as shocked. soon as he was done, me and Casey were like, "Have you? Who, that was Corey Anderson, right?" Okay, he was and, out of control. And, and, and like I have no issues. No, I know Corey's like no one talks to me, no one believes in me. Yeah, we did it. I'm, I'm being, I'm, I, I did it mm -hmm. because we were there at the Dominance Media Day a couple weeks ago, and no, they got you know they have who they, there was like Gaslam there. There was, um, was all of there was yeah there was yeah. Gaslam. There was, I mean, they had Marlon, Gaethje, and Ed, uh, Edgar, Frankie Edgar, mm -hmm. like all these Garbrand, like all these guys, and we literally just saw Cody. I'm um, sorry, okay, um, Corey, Corey just standing, standing. No one's, wall. someone's talking, and we're like. Yeah. Well, we're here. I guess we might as well talk to him. <laughs> might as well, yeah. And so we talked to him. He's just like, fire, fire, fire. Oh, you know, 50. I didn't draw. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't decline fifty fights. I was like, you know, fucking fifty bitches. You know, you know. You know he like he just dropped these like these lines. Like, oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. He he's like. <laughs> His exact, and I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For language. I apologize for the, the language. language. If you don't like language, pause it now. But he was like, because at we were at UFC 240 at that press conference. Dana yeah. White said Corey Anderson turned down 50 fights, and then like four days later, all of a sudden, it's announced he's booked against Johnny Walker. <laughs> and I said, was this a coincidence, or was he just trying to get to fight Johnny Walker? And he goes, he just wants me to get get me to fight Johnny Walker, and I didn't turn down 50 fights. That's like me coming back from summer camp and saying I fucked 50 bitches, but in reality, I fucked the same one 49 <laughs> times, and now it's the 50th. I turned Johnny Walker down 49 times, and now we're fighting the 50th time. So that's what he said. It was yeah. very aggressive and very angry, but that that was the most- He's an angry man. And he turned it down simply because it was someone behind him. And, he, like, yeah. like, and, every, and every fighter wants to fight someone in front of you. And of course- like, and It's not only that it was behind him, but it's a dangerous guy that's behind yeah. him as well, yeah. And it, he said, he, that he's like, the UFC wants me to lose. They're not even if I win, they're not going to give me a title fight. And they they want Johnny Walker to beat me, and then he's going to all of a sudden go from like eleven to five, and then fight the number one, the champion. So I know yeah. what they're trying to do right now. I know that Corey Anderson is is not a happy man as far as what's going on around him. As far as you know, he feels extremely disrespected by the media, the fans. I mean, he goes after fans on Twitter. Like he he'll he's not afraid of I like to, that. To, That's a, yeah, yeah, that dude posting pictures but, of bow hunting and people are arguing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I gotta say, this this whole experience that he's been going through that's not really good and he feels very angry about, it's been so good for him. Yeah. It's fueled him. Like we talk about, for example, Roy McDonald having that anger that's mm -hmm. fueled him. Yeah, it's not a positive force, but boy, has it gotten him far. But then he apologized. But that's part of it because it's it's someone that's conflicted, that's dealing with with all this anger. But at the end of the day, he's he's a, he's at heart, he's. I feel like he's, uh, I'm okay he's a with good him guy. apologizing because yeah, he, he, his, 
his beef wasn't with Johnny Walker. His beef isn't with the other fighters. His beef is with the UFC. With his situation, yeah. yeah. It's just someone his that's perception. really frustrated. Yeah, I think yeah. he built up bad just as a competitor to kind of to trash Johnny yeah. Walker. I think that's that's what it was more about. But yeah. I think, but the, that anger ain't gone. He ain't gonna, you know. That, yeah. Yeah. But man, but are, but are you sold? I'm sold. Are you sold? sold. John Jones Anderson has to happen. In yeah. my opinion. Now, now I want to see it. Because I can see that conflict. Yeah. I can see those them back and forth. And also, I like the fact that John Jones is kind of dismissing him. Mm-hmm. I want to see it even more because it's like, all right, well, clearly they've been dismissing this guy and he's been proving everybody wrong. All right, let's 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 see what's yeah. up. And I think, and I, you know, two days ago, I didn't think that was a competitive fight. The, the Corey Anderson I saw yesterday... Dude, I don't know. That's that's a he's turned a corner. There's some there's something different yeah, to his yeah. style, you know. Remember the last time Dana White said a fighter was a needle mover? <laughs> Who fought and they fought in the main event? Yeah. On that yeah. same card. So it seems we're all on board here with John Jones, Corey Anderson. Right? I don't really care if it's Corey Anderson or Dominic Reyes. I like both. I don't of think fights. it should be raised. I'm, I'm not. I don't care which one. It I don't is, think it should be raised. If you ask well, me yeah. what I would like, I would choose Corey Anderson. I would choose Corey Anderson. Yeah. yeah. So, so I. Corey Anderson is is an older fighter. He's been putting you know a massive amount of work. So it kind of feels right that at this stage of his career, he gets the title shot. Whereas Reyes, yeah, he's done a lot to deserve the title shot, but I think he still has a little bit of, of maturity and yeah. and a little bit more of more, uh, you know, get, as far as getting a little bit more experience. And his biggest way, the fans actually know who he is still. Yeah, yeah, and he's still his last fight. He's still he's still being unranked yeah. to a fiver. Well, the other thing that I actually think I I think really works as a, a star making uh, uh, conflict is that. Guys are finally, or fighters are finally realizing, actually com- coming into conflict with the UFC and management has a tendency to bring your profile up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's an pe- excellent point. When people start to fight with Dana, like how Nate feuded with Dana and how Connor feuded with Dana, like that brings your profile Covington. up. Covington. Covington. Tito Ortiz. Tito, like that brings your profile up. Fighting with your boss is like the oldest. Stone. <laughs> like look, who's the most popular wrestler of all time, professional wrestler of all time? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And that's all he did. Is the yeah. oldest story, right? Yep. And it's something that everybody can identify with. And that, so I think that's what people are finally like, yeah, you guys have been totally sh- shocked. Say it as they Yeah, <laughs> you, you could fucked him over. Yeah. You know, you treat Corey Anderson better. People are actually yeah. on his side now, and I, and I like yeah. yeah, and right. and hopefully he gets it because, again, he's he's put in the work. And it's a, it's a, and it's a unique storyline. The problem with Reyes, too, there's, I mean, unfortunately, you know, that's this, this is prize fighting. It's entertainment. Um, there's no story on Reyes other than he's winning. Yeah. Really? I mean, is there a story on him? No. I mean, I like that he's an IT professional, but that's just because I'm a Yeah, that, that's how he yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's, about to say. that's how they're going to sell But Corey, yeah. Corey's got a story. Corey's, Corey's got, got a story. They, no, they can sell it. They, yeah. So let's see if, um, yeah. I, yeah. Someone else I quickly want to talk about, um, and I was super shocked to see his performance, Kevin Lee. My God, just destroying Gregor Gillespie, taking his under, undefeated record and just thoroughing it as far as he possibly could. Right there, we, perfect that reenactment. Um, <laughs> my God, he really needed this win, man. He really needed it because it, he was his back was against the wall and, and it almost felt like a lot of people were saying he was just hype. Like he talked his way into a title shot. Uh, this whole, I, I'm gonna challenge Khabib, it just seems so far away now. But then you see him going with Faraz Sahabi. You see him having that kind of performance and you go, wait a minute, there might there, there could very well be another chapter to this, to this uh, this guy's career. Yeah, and people really um, discounted how important Robert Fallis was to his life. Yeah. And I really don't think... Um, his life, not just even his fighting. Right, yeah. his yeah. life. People don't also... Um, one of the factors people don't consider is your mental health. I mean, that's yeah. got, that had to have had a major impact on him. And of course it was going to take him time to recover. Of course it take him time to regroup. You know, he had to find his new camp. He had to mm-hmm. find a new coach. He had to find a new mentor. So that's a lot to go through. Yeah. I was, God, that knockout. Dude, like, great job in the UFC production with the, uh, like, the little GoPro cam on all mm-hmm. the announcers and oh, Ma- yeah. Megan O'Levy doing her. And, like, and like uh, I think you see Mick Maynard just like. Oh, I love the like, Joe yeah, Rogan's reaction. Yeah. He's just like. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe's like, oh, Joe's yeah. like, oh, like, he's like, wait, uh, uh, did this happen or the edibles just like really yeah. going hard? I don't know. And like, it was just like that's just he, that was like the perfect photo for a meme of uh, these e- this edibles ain't shit. Thirty minutes later, <laughs> and then they kicked it. Yeah. yeah, and I love just like it's like all the, the the whole panel like that was kind of like our reactions. One, you were one of those people. Yeah, yeah, and um, it was oh my god that knockout, beautiful. That, that was just, my reaction too. I actually I. 
Yeah. Oh, you got a badass photo too. Yeah. Foot to the that face. Whole, okay. in, the whole insert sequence. photo now. Yeah. <laughs> you are you are looking at a photo of Esther Lynn, ladies and gentlemen, at this very moment. Is that the best headkick knockout since Holly Holm? Over Ronda. Um what the left left head kick, yeah. I think um that one, the Shevchenko eye. One was obviously that one was that's really the good. one I was missing. Yeah, exactly. I knew something there was, was, was there. Uh, We talked about that on the post fight show. We couldn't think. And yeah. I was like, hmm, was nothing comes to mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when freaking yeah. Valentino Shevchenko just happened to him. Yeah. yeah, that's right up there as far as like you know, a high level performance. Yeah. You know, against a, a top contender too. Um, yeah, there've been, been good knockouts and they're kind of lower prelim yeah. fights, but as far as like you know, high level fights, and especially in the storyline coming to that because, like, who saw like. That, that was like, ooh, who's going to wrestling? Yeah. I was like, it might be like, I think Kevin Lee's gonna take him down and get, uh, get better top control, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. he'll win. Yeah. Like, who's like, like, when it's two wrestlers fighting, yeah. like, it's never about the like, wrestling. All I can remember right, is yeah. Matt but like, okay, you're, Esther, you're completely right about that. But then it's not about the wrestling, but then it becomes about shitty striking and boring yeah. striker. And it was, that was not shitty or boring. That was yeah. super cool. Yeah. heat for like yeah. that whole fight. Kevin Lee is a complete MMA fighter. Mm -hmm. I mean, he fought for a championship, interim championship against Tony Ferguson. looked really. He looked great against Tony before he got submitted yeah. from the bottom, and he had like staff on his chest uh, and all that stuff. And then he came up short to uh, Ayakinta, but he beat the soul out of Edson Barbosa, mm -hmm. which he said was kind of sad. The last time he heard uh, Robert Falls' uh, voice in his head, and he was talking to himself during the fight. Uh, and I wanted to ask him, like, when did that end? But I didn't get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so, I mean, he fought for championship, and we're talking about like Johnny Walker and Darren Till getting kind of thrown into the deep end. But Greg Gillespie, who did he fight last? Yancey yeah. Medeiros? Yeah. Before that, it was like Vince Pichel, like yeah. Vince Pichel, that's how yeah. you pronounce the name. Like those guys weren't ranked. And all of a sudden they're throwing him against Kevin Lee, who f has fought for a championship and beaten top contenders. And then Kevin Lee's like, there's levels to this. But Gillespie was the actual favorite coming into yeah. this fight. Which was weird to me coming in. Like, it just I mean, it, it didn't it, make sense the thing, to me. The thing was... because he's undefeated. Yeah. But, that, but, and also, and, and we saw... Dominating. Just in dominating. In dominating dude. fashion. And we saw a lot of holes in Kevin Lee's game when he fought RDA. When he fought Alec Quinta. Like, his wrestling is good, but there was something there missing that he couldn't put together. And, and eventually, he would gas out and, and cost yeah. him. But no, the experience but, level is so much higher. That's so than, much higher. Yeah. And, and his competition level was so much higher. His competition level was, like, compared it's not I mean day. but that but that's why you make the fight Lee that's was battle tested that's what the test was that's what the test was and the test yeah. was and yeah. Lee won that test you know yeah. like and I mean it was, I, I loved I loved his matchmaking I loved like prospects versus Lee's a, a veteran but a young veteran you know he's just super been young yeah, he's still he hasn't hit his prime and we think no. he's like mm -hmm. we we like like the, back to Corey Anderson like we've seen him get knocked out and those images stick in your head yeah. And that's it. Kind of, and it, it really messes up your analysis sometimes of what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think your perspective, we, your perspective, on yeah, the entire fighter's career. You think that those four minutes of their life that we saw, like, oh, that's gonna, that's that's, that's the rest of their bit. career. Yeah. But it's not. It's Everyone not it. reinvents themselves. Like, look at Justin yeah. Gaethje gets crushed back to back fights, and now he's on. He's absorbed less stripes in the last three fights than he has in the first round against Michael Johnson. Yeah. Does Gillespie come back a better fighter? Yeah, I mean, the, is he? Is he? Do, are we going to see him in the top ten, top five? Is he? A, I think top so. Five I think not, when not you look at his performances, eventually, maybe. Eventually, well, yeah. not, not directly, but I mean, yeah. like you know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, a, he's such a good wrestler. All he has to do is clean up his striking, maybe a little bit more. And yeah, I think I think you get there. Look, and he's only now eleven fights in. That's that's nothing. And fighting yeah. in the UFC, mm -hmm. I think he has what it takes to, to this get is the first to the top. time he's really been hurt. Yeah. Hurt bad. Yeah, he's his yeah. not like he was taking damage the other fights. Did he? Did he even? I have to see the fight again. Did he even? Did they even engage? Did they even clinch? Did they even like? Or is it strictly? No, it was strictly. Yeah. He was yeah. throwing some. Yeah, they were throwing some heat. That, that yeah. uppercut that he like he right. threw Kevin an Lee got hissed. Yeah, 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 hit. yeah. It's yeah. like, I, yeah, I just, um, yeah, I really wonder why. Um, I mean, I guess when Gillespie, when he feels like you no know, speaking to the media, it'd be yeah. really interesting. What the game plan was, was he, oh, once well, he hits see, me once, the, then I'll, the thing, okay, but that, it but, was, yeah. But that's Gregor's thing, is there is no game plan. Like, he will never, like, I've interviewed him before. I was at his, his fight against Vince Pichel uh, in Utica, and he will absolutely not talk about his opponents. He doesn't watch tape, and he doesn't care what they do. He The coaches do it, and then the coaches get him ready, mm -hmm. but he doesn't go in with a game plan whatsoever. Like, that is his thing. He won't. Even look at his opponents in the eye. He won't talk about him. He won't think about him. He just focuses on himself. That was his thing last week. 
What's his, what, yeah, what's yeah, his thing gonna be coming for? Because yeah, like now, now everything's different. Well, now he's been on that side. It's, and, and we've you know, seen he's someone that can make changes. I mean, for the majority of his career, he wasn't down to call anybody out. And all of a sudden, he's call out King and eating uh, what is it? Wheaties, Wheaties, dry Wheaties, dry Wheaties, and all this. So he's a guy that can change. If he was able to change that, I'm sure he'll you know he'll be more than willing to change his approach to adjust. It was to, to whatever he needs. I to was do. talking to you at the the media stare downs when they squared off. I had not realized it would really be the first fighter that would kind of maybe poke Gregor Gillespie, like kind of antagonize him, like, because everyone else, like he just like stares at the floor and their opponents just like stare at the, his forehead, but like Kevin Lee would like get under and like he, when they turned to face the media, like Kevin Lee kept looking at him, like I had not realized that that was really the first time Gregor Gillespie really had maybe an antagonist. and. It, it was a very. It was just weird to think about. Like I'm like, yeah, he's a great fighter, but he's never had a rival yeah. like that. On our last topic, crystals. <laughs> what, do you, what, what would you like to know, Casey? There's a serious lack of fire. You guys want the cheesiest transition in the world? Do you want the cheesiest go, go, transition? Go, 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 go. This crystal is heavy, so I think it is important to talk about the heavyweight division. I, I want to mix in, no, seriously, no, seriously. I want to mix in this topic. We've been talking about individual bouts. Let's mix in what happened uh, at UFC 244 as far as heavyweights. Oh, yeah. The heavyweight division, for some time, it was a little bit of a dud. It seemed like all these old names were just getting recycled and we're getting, you know, the rematches and rematches and trilogies. And we almost went to like four or five fights, right, with, with the same guys. But man, you got um, Gane, right? Cyril Gane coming up. Say what you want about Greg Hardy, but he's coming up as well. Um, Jairzinho Rosenstruck destroying, Talk you know, Andre Arlovsky. Uh, Derek Lewis has had a reinvention with his knee surgery, and we clearly saw a much more improved. Francis Ngannou also had a reinvention. All of a sudden, the heavyweight division, man, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. And it'll be interesting because Moscow's coming up, so we'll get to see how yeah. Volkov does. And... I feel like there was someone recently. Volkov, I mean, he's right there too. Yeah, Volkov's <laughs> yeah, right yeah, there he's too. Like, yeah. So yeah, no, it's been it's been good to see people coming back into heavyweight, and um, it's nice to see Derek Lewis just kind of how being more in shape is helping him. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, we 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 saw him shoot for a takedown. When's the last time you saw him shoot for a takedown, right? And it seemed he just looked a lot more mobile. He looked to have yeah. a, lot, a bigger gas tank. You mentioned an interesting stat. Yeah. He threw yeah. thirty-seven strikes. 30, thirty-seven strikes. All strike. of them were significant. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah. Can you imagine? Like, if 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 Derek Lewis looks at you, that's like, oh, that's a significant strike. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm like oh, yeah, okay, yeah. you win that one. <laughs> talk about uh, Ivanov's chin, man. Uh, I tweeted something from the MMA fighting account, like. Um, Derek Lewis is hitting him with cinder blocks. And then like a minute later, I just replied on the thread again. Cause yeah. it was just like, dude, that guy's chin is his, ridiculous. His eyes were bleeding at the end of that fight. <laughs> like he had like pools of blood from his eyeballs. So uh, he's also been stabbed in the back. So yeah. I wasn't surprised that uh, Derek Lewis hitting him with like a fist the size of lunch boxes wouldn't put him away. What do you think's next for Derek Lewis, man? Uh, I mean, did they want to do the rematch with Francis Ngannou? Honestly, that I felt like that. I feel like that's a thing. I feel bad for Francis. Like he deserves a title shot. Yeah, yeah but he, I, he I, deserves it. But he doesn't want to wait. It's a, but he, uh, but he's, oh yeah, he doesn't. He want doesn't to. He's like, I want him. He wanted to fight in Moscow. All right. Yeah. Okay, I wouldn't mind Book that it. only because they need to run that back just so that people stop thinking that that was, that was the worst fight ever. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 was. That, that was and that was that that original fight, Lewis versus Ngannou won. Maybe the worst heavyweight fight, at least a, a, like a main event. Like yeah, it was the like co-main event. Co-main event. Yeah. Oh man, like, but that was that was just just like a series of of like unfortunate events, you know. Yes, Francis, Francis I, basically having a, a mental breakdown yeah. coming out, and then Derek Lewis having a bad back, and just like. All right, hope he doesn't hit me. And you know, Francis, yeah. France, I think France wants to write that shit anyway because he lost. Like yeah. People forget Francis lost that on the judge's scorecard. So if there's a fight he would want to run it back, I think that would be one just because he wants to erase that L. And, yeah. But Curtis Blades called out Derek Lewis. He's like, mm. I'll fight. I'll take He's like, you thought, he's like, you thought Daniel Cormier whipped that ass? Like, I'll do it faster. So yeah. uh, Curtis Blades is, is, I don't even think you mentioned no, Curtis Blades when we were talking right, about Curtis the heavyweight Blades. division. He's yeah. like uber impressive. And it's interesting because I, I really do want to see that Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis fight because, as you mentioned, Francis Ngannou came in with a lot of issues that were just mentally, he just wasn't in the fight. And, and we knew that Derek Lewis had some back issues, but it, it looked like he was willing to engage and he was, I mean, a lot of hate was 
directed towards Francis Ngannou and not Derek Lewis mm-hmm. from that performance. I feel like given where they are now, Ngannou with all the confidence in the world right now, and Derek Lewis with a nice, healthy knee yeah. and a good back. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but yeah, yeah. that's think, a fight. But I think, I think, I want that fight to happen. I still think Derek Lewis is going to fight Greg Hardy next, regardless of the performance. Win or lose, I wouldn't would mind seeing that. Yeah, either. he wants to fight that guy so bad. He was talking about fighting him before he was even in the UFC because yeah. you know Derek Lewis's history, uh, and he wants to fight individuals who are also have that history, but on the opposite side. Uh, so. I, he said that all that stuff about Travis Brown that kind of put yeah. him, that made him all uh, popular. and So I think that fight will happen, win or lose, because uh, he said he would be paying attention to that fight, even if he's not awake. He said, if I'm awake and sober, I'll watch, but that probably won't be the case. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'll go back and watch it because he wants to fight. He goes, what's his name? George, Greg, George Hardy? I'll fight that guy. <laughs> yeah, I guess um, Volkov, Hardy, and um, the Stipe DC um, rematch. Has that been is that no. official? It hasn't been official, but um, both fighters, I believe, said that that's what's next, and Dana said that's what's next. I don't think it has a date yet, but... Overeem still needs an opponent. Overeem, yeah. yeah. And Jairzinho told us in the scrum that he's down for that. That That sounds like it's going to be on Overeem if he's going to accept that because... Yeah, I think Overeem would take that's it. That's a much different matchup than Walt Harris. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Overeem would take that fight, though. Uh, he's a guy that's, when even when he loses, he says he wants to get right back in because he just likes to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he, like, who did he fight on the Beijing card? Who? Uh, Overeem. He was like the call me. I was like, Sergi. I can't, pr- I can't remember yes. his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't remember. I can't pronounce his last name. It was like the guy's <laughs> UFC debut. Yeah, and he, he had been killing it outside of the UFC. It seemed like this was it. Like, Overeem. It was nice meeting you. Here, here's your, you know, here's oh, your run as a contender. Russian Next thing you know, he, artist, yeah, he, and over and over he's back. He's I also hurt. think I read somewhere that that's the biggest disparity in fighter pay, because Overeem made like eight hundred thousand dollars and Sergi made like every, twenty. A Reebok fight kit. Yeah. So and, and it was in Beijing, so no one watched it. It yeah. was like the Comey event for uh, Curtis Blades and Ganu. So I Overeem doesn't really have an issue taking. He wanted to fight France and Ganu. When they, when Francis Ngannou was on the still rising, he's like, I want to fight Francis next because that's the guy that everyone says is the next big thing. I want to test myself. He gets knocked out and he goes, fair play to him. I just want to fight again. And he did and he won. Yeah. So I think Overeem would take that fight just yeah. for the competition. Plus, uh, um, both of them have like their like long kickboxing records. So like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, the kickboxing, yeah. A lot of kickboxing records. Uh, I, I believe um, uh, both of them have trained with Tyron Spong in the past. So. The, the stories there. It's, I, I'm down to watch a glory fight inside of an octagon. I'm yeah. down. Sign me up. With tiny gloves. Tiny gloves. Oh, we're going to take In it a down. tiny <laughs> octagon. <laughs> a tiny octagon. Maybe, yeah. yeah. It just seems the heavier division is just a lot of fun right now. It, it kind of sucks for Francis Ngannou, but, I mean, we have to see yes. that trilogy fight. It's just... It just has to be booked, I think. Yeah, I actually think overall, I feel all the divisions are kind of, like, recovering from... Uh, Stagnation. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was kind of like when Connor came in and kind of decided he was going to go for multiple belts and all this stuff, and like things just started like it. That kind of yeah. attitude like bled into the yeah. other divisions, yeah. so everything was just kind of slowing down. Yeah. And so now we're finally seeing things pick back up, and it's it's and good. It really yeah. makes you appreciate champions like Max Holloway and John Jones, yeah. who are like I'll fight next man up. Yeah. yeah. Or, and, uh, and now, but you now say and John Jones? Well, John's saying the last few fighters. Say, John Jones say, staying in their division and yeah. oh, okay. not, <laughs> not trying to bounce around. Yeah. yeah. But John Jones, I mean, well, I think that's old John Jones. I think this new getting money. Sure. John Jones is slightly sure. different, but well, well I'm saying like his last three fights have all been against the number one contender at mm-hmm. light heavyweight. Like regardless of whether he'd make money, like you think he was thinking about making money against Anthony Smith? He's making money. Yeah. He's, not, he's making money, but now he wants super mm-hmm. fights. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. So someone else I want to talk uh, about because we completely missed them um, on our post fight show. Even when we were like, "Oh, do you have anybody you would like to highlight?" Um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's back, right? Yeah. What a vintage performance! You know, destroying Vicente Luque, who everybody thought that was going to be like the next guy. He could be, but just not yet. To me, it, it wasn't a vintage performance. It was like a, almost a more aggressive, yes. new. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to say angry because I don't know if he, Stephen Wonderboy was ever angry. Going forward. Yeah, it was, yeah. but it was like he was like, like angry and Stephen Thompson. Those those two don't. Yeah, don't yeah. Mix. It's just like it's just he's even how afterwards he was like, oh, I was hoping to find Masvidal or Diaz, so yeah. he'd be the nice guy versus I mean, yeah. the mean guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I was just really impressed. I was like, because like, I figure you know, because his game is so very um, 
fast reflexes, fast mm -hmm. twitch, you know. It's like he's 36, eventually he's- About just, to turn 37. About to turn 37. I mean, he's, he's one, Wonder Man just sounds weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, Coming wow. off a huge knockout loss, it just seemed like this was the, the yeah. decline for him. And he had those questions as well. He's like, because I asked him in the post-fight press conference, I'm like, he said, um, you know, you start getting those questions, like, do I, am I slowing down? Do I still have it? And I'm like, well, how much was riding into this fight? Like, how much was riding into this fight as far as your future's concerned? And he's like, a lot, a lot. It just felt like he needed this win to show either, I'm still here and I can put something together, or, you know, his better days were are over. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. Yeah. Um, also because I had picked Luque and I just, he was on his way up. Luque's been just on a tear. And so I thought, well, this is time. But after like the, like a couple seconds into the first round, I was like, oh, he doesn't, Luque doesn't seem to know what to do, yeah. actually. He seemed puzzled. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, immediately I was like, this is changing. And it was really weird, actually, when people were questioning um, Stephen Thompson. I actually just wanted to bring this up because it, it confused me uh, about him backing off. Mm -hmm. um, because Tyron Woodley had already said in previous fights that when he was planning to fight Stephen Thompson, he realized that Stephen Thompson can't fight when your back is against the cage. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. why he backs up mm. because he needs that. He needs a certain amount of distance, and he can't kick. He can kick the fence, you know. So he actually doesn't really go that hard when your when your back is up against yeah. the fence. Interesting and point, so it was yeah. weird how the people were like, "Oh, well, why why did you back up?" Like trying to like I don't know, accuse him of not trying mm -hmm. to finish the fight or whatever. But it just seemed like Luke, uh, or maybe his coaches just didn't go back and look at how Tyron Woodley. Just because maybe those fights weren't very exciting. Um, so they're not exciting to study, but he definitely had a, the right idea on how to counter that. That first side. fight was real exciting. Yeah. Woodley Thompson. That was the, the draw. I think it was the second one. It was I exciting was. towards the end. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was fight of the night. One, yeah. of the, yeah. one of the best. He got caught in that guillotine and still popped out and yeah. finished the round on top. Yeah. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I still, I didn't I also, hate either fight. Either. I appreciated the second fight. Yeah. No, I actually didn't. Mm -hmm. I actually like the fights. Um, from my perspective, I got enough photos, so I mean, I'm selfish. I thought it was fine, yeah. um, but I just, I, it was, it looked. Stephen Thompson looked really good. He, you were saying like there is the part of him that's mm -hmm. a kind of vintage performance, but also the part of him that's definitely more aggressive. Yeah. It's better to see him this way because he was, he was a little too. Um, what's the word? Ah, lost it. <laughs> If you sing it, do you need more coffee? Here, <laughs> hold on to the crystal. <laughs> yeah. It might help rub it a little bit. Okay, uh, he just seemed really hesitant before. Okay, you know. Hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. Give me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so guys, um, it seems to me, and I, I could be wrong about this. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but after those two Tyron Woodley performances, especially the last one, that was kind of boring, and you know he wasn't able to capture the world tourway title. There was a lot of Stephen. Wonderboy Thompson fatigue as far as the title picture. Like once once that was over, it's just like that dude's never getting a title shot again. That's that's what it felt like. Especially when Tyron Woodley was was you know was the champion. Now that that's changed, you know the belt is in different hands. We've seen sort of this new version of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Is 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 there a possibility for him to make another run and actually fight for the belt again? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I. I, I and, and not only as far as what it makes sense in the rankings, but from from fan interest. Do you think that's that's there. Fan interest is different because, yeah. um, like and I said, it's, it's about, it's about yeah. storylines. Yeah. Like, that's what, dictating what, what, a lot yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Interest. I think it depends if Jorge Masvidal wins the championship. Mm -hmm. I know Masvidal wants all of his losses back. Mm -hmm. So he like Masvidal's like, I want to fight. Da Damian Maia said he has two fights left, and Jorge Masvidal says he wants to be one of them. Like, who's calling out Damian Maia for one of his last yeah. two fights? My, the guy that won a BMF championship wants to fight Damian Maia. He wants to win the belt and then defend it against Maia. Yeah. Yes. Maia and Wonderboy fought. Am I forgetting? No, that no, was after the post-fight press conference. Wow, how are those guys not fought? Yeah. Exactly. To talk about drastic uh, contrast, but like, that in terms of Damien, like, could be, imagine. Could be horrible be or awesome. Imagine, <laughs> either or. Imagine a timeline where Jorge Masvidal wins the BMF championship, and then he wins the welterweight championship, and then he fights Damien Maya, and then Damien Maya beats him again, <laughs> wins the championship, and then just retires. Dana White would be like, this is. Dana White would have a heart attack. He would. He would. I mean, I, <laughs> would, yeah. I just have a yeah. I don't think if, if Damien Maya. If you want to speak, pass the rock, pass the crystal. <laughs> Damien Maya, for him to get that first title shot against Tyron Woodley, it was not under the best circumstances. He didn't really get a big heads up, and it just felt very forced. Damien like, Maya. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
I would love to see him get get another shot. I mean, if he gets an, another a few more wins, but three wins in a row, right? He's clearly yeah, he's looking good. And that Ben Askren fight was was good as well. So especially beating a guy with that big of a name. So uh, yeah, I, we'll see what's next. For him. I can see Maya Wonderboy winner getting a title shot. Maybe, yeah, because yeah. by the time Definitely everything pans out, we'll, but then yeah. we were talking a lot about this welterweight division. I mean, and we were just no talking about Masvidal versus Usmanov Covington, and, and no yeah. one's talking about Leon Edwards. This guy's on like oh, the yeah. longest win streak outside of Kamara Usman, and the only person <laughs> I totally he's forgot lost, about him. The only person <laughs> you know what? Lost to now tomorrow. that you mention him, Leon Edwards versus uh, Wonderboy Thompson. Leon Edwards versus Tyron Woodley. Leon Edwards, Tyron Woodley. I don't hate that as well. I want that fight to happen because if Leon Edwards beats Tyron Woodley, he has to get a title shot. Yeah. yeah. Or as Jorge, what is Jorge Mines? Oh, uh, no, Colby Covington calls him like Leon Scott, which I think is hilarious. Um, you know what's crazy is that in so many ways, Leon Edwards is part of, you know, part of this whole thing. I mean, UFC 244, right? Three piece in the soda, Mr. Yeah. 305. He's, he's, he was a big piece of, of this We're whole puzzle. He was right a there. stepping stone he, to him but, no, but nobody talks yeah. about him. Yeah. It's crazy. And because he, he just fought for the first time in the United States, didn't he? Or like in a long time? What he what he last fought was against. He beat RDA in San Antonio. RDA but in San Antonio. Before that, mm-hmm. did, he, did he fight uh, Camaro <clears throat> in the States? We had, I, I think yeah, he and was. He, and yeah, and yeah. That, was his, that was his last loss. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just. Left just, elbow Larry, as he calls himself. Fans haven't got behind him. It's yeah. because he, only, it's just he main... fought in the UK for so much. Fought so did Till. So did Till. Do you feel like he almost has to take... Well, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it's clear he... I mean, look, I, I respect every fighter that gets in the cage, and, and you go about your business as uh, how you want to go He's a Corey it, Anderson performance. That's yeah. what I was just going to... Not only Corey Anderson performance, but Corey Anderson attitude. Like, he it needs feels, to get angrier. It feels like, look, Corey Anderson was in the same situation where... Picking up wins, not getting attention, and all of a sudden he is. It almost feels like he has to do that, right? It sucks, but like, well, and, and, and honestly, he's gonna have to sleep someone in yeah. a, a big fight. And like, like well, he dominated RDA, but do you remember anything from that fight? Mm-hmm. Like after you know a couple weeks go by, I remember he won. That's yeah. about it. Mm. And but I don't remember, you know, I don't remember like you no know, ten eight hellacious beating. You, not that not that it wasn't an awesome win, but it's just that's just do, way. It do you works. remember the press conference for that UFC London? Where Leon Edwards fought Gunnar Nelson. The whole press conference. Is it the one where Masvidal was asking for the Wi-Fi code? Yeah. <laughs> because the whole press, <laughs> yeah. the whole press conference, Leon Leon Edwards and Darren Till were arguing the whole time, and no one asked Jorge Masvidal a question. And now, and then we saw what happened. So like Leon Edwards has literally been right there the whole time, uh, and he's just not getting his fair shake. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's a bummer that he's on this win streak, and the welterweight division all of a sudden has this, all this. Like group of misfits that are all just like screaming at each other. Leon Edwards is like, "Hey, I have a bunch of wins, but you gotta like, like I think Masvidal said too. Like you gotta take it too. Like you gotta, yeah. you got you gotta tell the UFC, fly me out to New York, let me in front of those, get me in front of the cameras, yeah. put me, put me ringside, cage side. When that fight happens, I'm standing up going, no, me next. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like I mean, I hate to say, like, and, you, you, if it's out of character, it might be out of character, yeah. but like." Henry Cejudo kind of admitted that. He's like, okay, I'm just going to be a fool, and that's what mm-hmm. people want to see. I think what Leon and, had, and even if the UFC doesn't do that for him, look what Jimmy Manuel did when, who, who was the fighting? It was Daniel Cormier versus Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. Like, he's like, I got to take matters into my own hands. And the they wins should. weren't there for him for him to get that. But nonetheless, I remember, I mean, I'm talking about it right now. I remember there was an image, even... Um, DC and Jimmy were yelling at DC each other. were yelling at each other and made fun of, of him for coming in a, like a tracksuit, right? Yeah. And you know um, what Daniel Cormier said? He goes, Jimmy, I love you, but you just beat Corey Anderson. That's what Ooh. Daniel Cormier... Those are, that's exactly goes. You just be like, I like Corey, but you just beat Corey Anderson. Yeah. And now look where we're at. Someone else that comes to mind, Ryan Bader. You know, not the most exciting performances, but as soon as he got on DC's face at that press conference yeah. and he had to get carried out, it made headlines, it made news, and uh, it got his name, you know, in the mix. Then he ended up going to Bellator. I think what Leon Edwards has going for him is, uh, do you remember the first guest fighter scrum that Jorge Masvidal did? Was at UFC Uruguay, and Guy was there, and we have that scrum, and he goes, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I'm going to erase that fool's from the existence of the earth. Like, that's what Jorge Masvidal said about Leon Edwards. So if the beef is there and you want a storyline, Jorge Masvidal goes, it might not be next, but I'm gonna kill that guy. It seemed that that fight for like a split second, you mentioned Masvidal was kind of mentioning his name. You go, okay, do we have something here? But now it just seems so far away. I thought that was gonna be the 
for sure, if Kamaru fought Colby in New York City, I thought for sure Jorge Masvidal was going to be the co-main event. And then Nate Diaz was like, I'm fighting Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. I was like, well, forget that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to fight. Inject that fight into my veins. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it was just too easy for him to get passed over. In that yeah. case, yeah, it, it, that there's, no, seem there's like, no outcry. There, there, there was a point yeah. when that seemed like the logical next step, but in the same way that Nate doesn't want to make other people famous, I think Masvidal realized he's like, wait, I've got more oh. shine right now. Well, I'm lending it. That, to I mean, Leon just Edwards. every single yeah. interview, he refuses. He well, calls the fool with the MAGA hat, uh, yeah. the guy that wears the, the, the weird um, African clothing, right? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. from Africa. The guy with the curly hair. He Lee. does not mention anybody by name and warns the media before the scrums. Yeah. Do not bring anybody up because he knows the moment he inserts a name, people are going to start Googling, oh, wait, who is Ben Askren? Who is so-and-so? And, -so? and uh, not only that, but the media runs headlines. Oh, what do you think about this guy? This guy sucks, this and that. Next thing you know. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, then there's buzz for a fight. Yeah. yeah. He did that at 241. He came back and warned everybody. And he pointed at specific reports. He goes, don't ask this or I'm gone. Don't ruin it for your friends. Well, he'll, break your, he'll break your camera and yeah. he's like, glide out. He's like, don't ruin this for your coworkers. First question. Yeah. People all are right. like, oh. It's crazy. It all comes back uh, full circle to, to the main event. Uh, crazy, crazy what week. Did, what did Sean once say? Life, well, time is indeed a flat circle. Last thing before we go, I want to ask you is because <laughs> at this point, you guys are basically like historians because you guys have experienced so much in so many events. Um, something that's not being talked about enough is that for the first time, we we saw a belt that's not the real world title. And I feel like it, because it was so much fun, it's kind of being forgotten, but it, it's it's unprecedented and it could very well set not some ugly trends in the future, but it could be problematic, right? Or is, do you see it that way? Or, what, what, or would this be just like... A little point in time that this just happened and, and it will have no repercussions moving forward. No, they're, I don't know if they're going to, something else will happen. Because it's going to be similar to this. You know? I feel like the UFC Loki had something in mind because even they put one of one on the belt, you know, like they, they made were, sure They it was were like, worried that people yeah. would, would um, demand this be defended and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So I think that actually they kind of stopped that. By it saying just, one of one. No, no. no. <laughs> I, now I this will show them. It's there. I mean, they, they always, it's so funny, yeah. they're always worried about being compared to boxing, but then that's what they did for Maymac. Maymac. The, yeah, they did the, the money belt. The one time yeah. money belt thing. But the difference there is that that was on boxing, on boxing's terms. This is on MMA. Yeah, so it does feel weird that they did it, but I actually don't think it's going to set off any kind yeah. of. Only because I can only imagine Mosfidal and Nate Diaz. Uh, competing for. I know we had a d big discussion yeah. this week about who else would be considered a BMF but, or a bad motherfucker, mm -hmm. but also I think that it, it doesn't really, it, it's weird because people are like, oh, how can you be a bad motherfucker if you've lost half your fights or whatever? I was like, but that's part of it. That's part yeah. of it, man. That's part of it. Yeah. And there I, isn't going to be those kinds of characters anymore. Yeah. I, I remember um, Ben Folks once wrote a thing about how we're going to miss Nate, Nick and Nate Diaz when they're gone. Yeah. And we are. Because there isn't going to be that same kind of honesty mm -hmm. um, in media, the way they talk to us. The fact that they just kind of say whatever they want. Yeah. They just tell us. And that's feelings. them. That's not a character. Right. It's them. It's not a character. And, and that's why this belt was for that. Because you wouldn't be able to... Um, Give that kind of title to anybody mm -hmm. else, and I don't. I don't actually think that this is going to set anything else off. Uh, but I could be wrong. You know, it's going to do. Yeah. It's going to. Jorge Masvidal has already since he's won is using hashtag one of one. Mm. That's all he's been using. I've so seen Jeremy gonna, Stevens been calling out for, for who wants to fight that bell. Mike Perry really liked the idea of fighting that for that belt. So pro wrestling. Yeah. So pro wrestling. Yeah. And I, you it's MMA fans, you gotta. Oh, you guys are pro wrestling fans. You have no idea. <laughs> you just don't even know. You're telling me The Rock putting a fake belt around someone is pro wrestling? Oh. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. He even had the mean. Dude, Dana even said at the presser, he goes, he goes, Johnny Walker got a pop. Yeah. He got a big was, pop. Yeah. I was like, oh, but he's like, oh, but Corey Anderson, he went over. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> the Rock got his full entrance, too. I don't, you guys weren't in the, in the arena, right? Oh my God. Like, he came out and. Was that you, the loudest it got for the whole night? Or. That's a good question. It was up there. It, it was, was pretty it, loud. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was legit. He also, like, because when The Rock. I've seen The Rock wrestle like way too many times in my life. When he walks out, there's like specific lighting and color. And they have like a camera that like comes down on like, I don't know what, I'm not a, yeah. a camera person, but it comes down on like a crane. 
and then it like zooms out and then like rotates at an angle and then comes back at him. They did all of that. Ah. They did all, they showed it on the Jumbotron. It was the lights were the same. The music was the same. They had lightning uh, on the Jumbotron. And then like he stops and lifts the belts up. And all of a sudden I'm like, they're going to do that camera thing. And it's like, <laughs> and it, like zooms in. I was like, whoa, they went all out for this one. Awesome. I was, what a bizarre night. Yeah. <laughs> Epic night. Uh, all right, well. I think that does it for us here. <laughs> we want to connect powers. Uh, we got through UFC 244. It was a wild, wild week, but uh, we got through it. In. And Jairzinho is now on Team Crystal, by the way. We didn't talk yes. about that. Oh, yeah. Mako suffered a loss. Also Team Crystals. How do you feel about that? I mean, he was clearly, like, he was clearly like, not enough pyrite in his yeah, around him. Maybe needed. Yeah. Bigger stone, yeah. yeah bigger stone. Bigger stones for He needs to link up with Jared Cannonier, man. Jared Cannonier is Captain Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe unlock some of the powers to, to the universe. Let's wrap this out, but one last thing. We have Jared Cannonier. UFC, start using the damn hoop. At the weigh-ins. real. At the oh, yeah. Use the damn hoop at I, the weigh-ins. I, was, I saw yeah. way too much weight cut penis. Way too much. <laughs> I was, I was sitting much. behind you and I, I just saw you go, oh. Yeah, the whole time after the Dude, Jared Cannonier didn't give a fuck. He was just... And then he did an interview with the submission radio lads, and they were like, do you think they should have used the hoop? He goes, they had a hoop, and they were like, yeah, he goes, I don't give a fuck about that. They used the entire hoop all morning. They used it, Except yeah. for Kelvin and Jared. Kelvin, oh, jeez. And both of those guys did not care. It was yeah. like, I was like, there's so many By cameras. the way. These are all live. All of these cameras are live. If the New York State Athletic Commission would have used the hoop on Kelvin Gaslam, we might have not seen Kelvin Gaslam versus Darren Taylor. That fight still Because oh, well. how do you, how do you, lean, you lean on the hoop? Or you bring him yeah. play, but yeah, it would have been yeah. different. The storyline would have been different. Yeah. yeah. The storyline yeah. definitely yeah. been different. Yeah. All right, well. Now, 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 sorry, I had to talk sorry. about wake up penis. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, thank you for tuning in to Coffee Talk UFC 244 edition. Hashtag use the hoop. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Call mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.